welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Really FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, everyone. Hey, Quinn. Hi, Jillian. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, done with the GRE. I took it in Canada. Congratulations. Woo! I was thriving. They were like, um, when I got to the test, it was literally this one other girl taking the test, and there were two proctors, and they were like, how far did you come? And I was like, uh you know, the northeast of the United States, and they were like... I mean, to be fair, by taking this test in Canada, you actually got closer to my house than you've ever been before. Yeah, this is true. And someone was like, oh yeah, like, I had a student, like, come from Maine to, like, take the test, and I was like, oh, how far is Maine? And they were like, oh, like an hour. And I was like, oh, well. Yep. <laughs> Clearly, I did not plan this well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're done with the jury. Congratulations. And I mean, I know you're still writing a thesis. God, your life is hard. I'm just chilling. What's your favorite class? Ooh. Probably this. I'm taking this course that's about um, American plays and musicals in the 1940s and 50s. And it's so fun. And the whole thing is you just read all these plays and musicals and then and then talk about them in class and the professor is super interesting and is a great lecturer and I'm having a good time. And plus a lot of my friends are taking it. Oh yay. I am not taking it. Sad. Jillian hates fun, so she wouldn't be allowed. I'm not gonna contest that. <laughs> How's your atheism class going? Oh my god, it's it's a lot. First of all, my te- teaching assistant was like you should like read the texts in German. And I was like, how about no? <laughs> I was like, I have enough trouble reading Kant in English. Thank you very much. Um, but he was like, you could read Freud in German. And I was like, yeah, I probably could. But that's because like Freud, all Freud talks about is like the Oedipus complex and father in German is Vater. So like, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like I understand like a lot of the, theories and like the philosophy behind atheism but i think you know like it's just like one of those things where it's like you're not going to be able to convert me but it's like really cool to look at the philosophy and to read all of these like brilliant writers um and talk about that and you know communism so unlike the religion classes you took in high school it's not attempting to convert you (laughs) my religion classes in high school were epic in a bad way (laughs) (laughs) well i would like to start off today with a couple pieces of follow-up First of all, I keep forgetting to mention this because it was a story we covered a few weeks ago. Um, we were talking about Quilt, which is this co-working in other people's houses story um, that is limited to women. And I criticized it for um, the, because I looked at the website and the Instagram and everything and it w- didn't seem to be inclusive of transgender women and non-binary people. And then I reached out to them directly and I just asked just like as a person – um are you open to like all these people and they wrote back yes and like transgender women are women and we're welcome non-binary people and i was like that's great i still maintain my criticism for the way that their website and instagram are maintained because i think that it's either very naive to assume that this would be assumed um in all contexts or that it's a deliberate choice to be less controversial or something like that um, but I do like I do appreciate that 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 they do exist in that space and that that they are open to people at least. Yeah, and I think it was probably you know an executive marketing decision just for brevity and you know like being pithy and all of that fun stuff. 
but it's nice that they like replied pretty pretty quick yeah and i appreciate the response and i wanted to give like credit where credit's due um with all of that so yeah cool <laughs> also piece of follow-up from last week uh sorry about talking about the stock market because <laughs> literally i was like oh oh you know you don't want to brag about the stock market too much because the stock market goes down and then we had like the single worst fall in stock market history sorry about that <laughs> whoops yeah so basically the reason well the stock market is always volatile but um especially with the strength of the economy there's rumors going around that the federal reserve might raise interest rates faster than like expected so the reason the fed would raise interest rates is if employment's up um so the fed raises interest rates um in general to avoid inflation because it's part of their contractionary policy and so but but rumors of like them raising the interest rate scares investors because investors actually put a lot of uh, money into this thing called these this entity called um the high yield bond market and basically what that means is well let me st- <laughs> let me try to give a brief overview for like if I had to explain this to my sister. Okay. Or to me. Or, okay. Or, or to Quinn. <laughs> um, so look at the stock market, the bond market, at least, like two pieces. There's bonds um, that are really, really strong and stable. So like U.S. government bonds. And then there are bonds for like companies that like need to borrow money, but they could go either way. Like they may not pay it back. And so those are called high yield bonds. Um, and so... You know, like in The Wolf of Wall Street, how he sells all those, like, junk bonds? That's basically a high-yield bond. Um, And so when the Fed – if the Fed wants to raise interest rates, that means the U.S. Treasury goes up, which means that if you buy more or if you put more money into government bonds, that's actually good for you because then you'll, like, get a nice 2% or whatever it is return. Um, And then that discourages people from putting money into high-yield bonds because they would rather – get maybe a smaller return, but at least their return is guaranteed. So that's why the stock market went crazy. Wait, I think I missed the connection, though. So we have these different types of bonds. Mm-hmm. And so when the uh, when the Fed said, oh, yeah, we might, ra-, well, the Fed implied that they might raise interest rates faster than usual, um, people were like, oh, let's put all of our money from, let's move all of our, our money from the high yield to the government stuff. But then that causes, like, stocks to fall. Okay, yes, that does make sense. So does that mean that the economy is bad? Unclear. <laughs> um, right now, well, for the last year or so, we've been in what is called a bull market. So people have been feeling really confident um, and feeling really aggressive and just making investments, especially with low interest rates. But with higher interest rates, we're shifting. We're going to shift, at least, I think, to some sort of bear market um, where people are more hesitant about putting money into high yield bonds and things like that but um just i guess the complicated part is that you can't really predict when it's going to happen everyone just knows it's going to happen but no one knows when and that's why um, a lot of the volatility in the stock market is due to just um to just consumer fear our system is so fragile yeah a lot of overreaction too reading about the economy is always quite stressful because you realize that it's all just like constructed by human expectations and that's i mean relatively stable we're good most of the time but when it gets bad it gets real bad and there's basically i mean there's warnings but it can happen at any time 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to one of my friends from high school, and uh, he was like, I feel like when you study economics, it's the studying of an animal that doesn't exist. And I was like, well, that's not completely false. <laughs> That's like all economic classes start with the premise that humans are rational and it's like, no, sorry. <laughs> Good thing every economic theory is based on humans are rational. We're doing great, y'all. <laughs> I will say the news about this has been very confusing because half of the articles are like, the economy is fine. And the other half is like, the stock market is crashing. And it's, uh, okay, um, somebody's wrong. We're at this phase right now where we really don't know because, I mean, the stock market is already stabilizing itself. Maybe it could be fine. Totally. Like, and then maybe by the time this episode goes out, things that will have crashed even more horribly. And like, is the stock market even the only marker of the economy that we're using? Because some people say no and like bonds are fine. And so we really don't have to worry about anything in terms of long term stuff right now. But the big thing is that no one's really quite sure, it seems like. Or the people are very sure, but in various different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think with there's no way to accurately predict anything in life, especially the stock market. So I think when people try to, there's just a lot of mixed messages out there. This is why the stock market is not a reliable investment. I guess it's a high risk, high reward, like we were talking about, but stressful. I mean, I think a lot of the stock market is just based on consumer fear. And like when it does do really badly, it does awful. Um, But I think like if you had not um, done anything like in the Great Recession, like people, a lot of people sold out in the stock market because they were like, oh, the economy is going to be a piece of poop and then (laughs) we need to get out what we can but people who stayed and even if they didn't buy more stocks because they were a lot cheaper even if they just stayed where they were and just like didn't sell out they like made millions over the years like from then until now even without buying anything just because by like staying stable there's just like this concept of uh, mean reversion and so if you can avoid freaking out uh, I mean obviously it's a lot more nuanced and complicated than that but um, if you can avoid overreacting it might pay off in the long run it's also just another one of those factors of how the entire united states economy is set up to help rich people get richer because like if you can afford to keep this money in the stock market and just like leave it there and not panic because you can afford to lose it then you'll basically make out more in the end like a lot But I mean, if you're a normal person who doesn't have that money to lose and the stock market starts going down, like you're going to pull it out because you can't afford to lose all of that money. Yeah, but again, it's like still not real money. Like, you know, I I don't know. It's like not cash. Like, yeah, it's not liquid. It's but it's still not like it's not inconsequential, I guess is what I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's not cash, but it's not inconsequential. Yeah. The, The entire premise of the stock market is just weird because it's basically just like we determine how much stuff is worth like as soon as someone buys a stock for twenty dollars then that stock becomes worth twenty dollars it's just it's all based on expectation and so there's like this so um so warren buffett with berkshire hathaway they invest in stocks um, long term and so 
he can be like, oh yeah, like this company is going to do really well. And then everyone will buy into that company, but no one knows if it's because like, oh, the company actually is going to do well or, well, mostly it's just because like Warren Buffett said it's going to do well. So man, if I had that kind of power, I would pick random things. (laughs) I mean, that's why I'll never have that kind of power, but how hilarious would that be? (laughs) People would come to you for advice and they'd be like, Quinn, like, why did you choose um, company Y for this big, like, whatever? And you're going to be like, hmm, that's what my horoscope said to do. <laughs> Everything <I>. was aligned. <laughs> I guess TLDR or TLDW? Anyway, um, no one knows what's happening. This The economy may or may not be bad. I really can't believe that we are hitting this volatile period six months before... I need to, like, have a full-time job and an apartment and stuff. I really couldn't wait. It's fine. Yep. Our post-grad life is going to be, you know, quite adventurous. I came out here to have stable employment. <laughs> I'm feeling personally attacked right now. I came out to have financial security. and <laughs> I mean, but seriously, there are people who are obviously struggling a lot more than I am and that I probably will. Um... And that even like with the stock market being volatile in the past week um, is obviously impacting people. I mean, <laughs> there was this whole thing about like, oh, see how many billions these billionaires lost and Mark Zuckerberg lost like $3 billion or whatever. And I was like, cool story. Don't don't care that much. Yeah, but I think we should also just like keep in mind that um, we can't really... We can try to demonize billionaires, but maybe we shouldn't accept Elon Musk. We can demonize him. <laughs> I understand this was a transition to the next topic, and but I like, but it's on the note of demonizing billionaires. I feel like I'm in a real, um, like, no war but the class war kind of mood recently. I don't believe there's any moral way to be a billionaire just on a fundamental level. Um, so even if you're like Bill Gates and you're like a cool guy and give a lot of money to charity, I just like. He's literally, like, one of the most benevolent billionaires. I know, but he's still a billionaire. I I don't know why we should demonize hard work if he worked hard to get there. That's my thing. I don't think that anyone deserves to have that much money. I, like, I don't, I don't think it's possible for someone to deserve that much money. Well, no one deserves anything. This is life. But, like, if you can get what you can get, then I don't know why you should be shamed for doing that. But that's the opposite of what you just said. Like what do you, you mean? First you said, like, you shouldn't be shamed for hard work, and then you said you shouldn't be shamed for getting what you can get, which are different which is, things. No, well, if you can get what you get through hard work, you still shouldn't be shamed for it, right? Okay, the- Bill Gates is not listening to this podcast. Like, this is not affecting his life. Okay, I just, like, I just, I just think that there is just the fundamental inequality of the world is so incredibly disparate that it is fundamentally immoral. And that's not, like the fault of any singular person but i do think that like i would my energy is going to be expended on people on the people who are suffering and like not on the people who are billionaires i don't know okay and i don't just i disagree with all of this but i'm just gonna we're just gonna move on okay (laughs) so elon musk (laughs) yep we can demonize him (laughs) yo i just the actual um, news story is that Elon Musk shot a car into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wants to colonize Mars, essentially, is his main goal in life. 
Yeah. Well, there, so there was a rocket launch. So Tesla and slash SpaceX. What like, was it called? Heavy Falcon? Falcon Heavy? Yeah. Who uh, named this? Let's be real. Nothing Elon Musk has ever named has been that great. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, the Falcon Heavy rocket launched and it launched the Tesla Roadster into space where there was a dummy person, like a dummy that was driving the car um, around the earth and there was a live stream. It was a lot. Yeah. And I mean, on one hand, super cool, right? Like space exploration is really cool. This was really cool. It's getting people excited about space and all that. On the other hand, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, it's just Elon Musk is an enigma. It's just like is crazy how Tesla literally generate does not make a profit. Like they're running losses right now. Um, they spend all their money on stuff like this research and development, and they build these really expensive cars that obviously like not a lot of people buy. So um, it's just funny though because like everyone still loves him and like people just like really believe in him. So. They just, like, literally throw money at him. (laughs) It's so confusing. Where did he even come from? I feel like Elon Musk sprung, like, fully formed into, like, the head of Tesla billionaire person that he is. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine him younger than, like, 30. It's so confusing. I think Elon Musk is kind of just the epitome of these Silicon Valley billionaires that don't really have a firm grasp on reality or the way the world actually works. That he keeps doing things like shooting cars into space or like he wants to create an underground hyperloop road system for the whole United States and stuff like this. And it was like, what? Like, how about you focus on? It's like you could focus on like actually helping people um, and doing. And doing work that has like impact into people people's lives or you could continue doing this that's fine too i guess yeah his also also his like romantic history is just a wild ride uh his first ex-wife wrote this article for marie claire and basically it was like describing like her life with elon um and how like he was just like very controlling and like told her like what um uh, what color she should dye her hair and like just like really minor like passive aggressive things um and so uh they broke up or whatever and they got to um they got divorced and he started dating this other woman and it's funny because like the first wife says that she's the model ex-wife because she's friends she was friends with like the new woman in his life and they like got along <laughs> which is just like really funny but then they divorced him and the second wife divorced. Then they got back together. They filed for divorce, second divorce, but they didn't go through with it. I don't know. There was just a lot of talk about divorce. But basically, they're no longer together. And then he dated Amber Heard for like a year. And now he's just chilling. Just chilling. Shooting stuff into space. <laughs> yeah, he's not just chilling. He's doing things. There's a big picture view of this, which is, you know, like on a super long term of humanity of wanting to preserve humanity like on mars if we destroy the earth which you know or like helping people through these really long-term super ambitious projects plus just one like not having the best success rate in the world and tending to be these really over ambitious projects that aren't actually working out that well um like he shot a lot of rockets into space that didn't actually work you know it's not the best thing ever yeah his track record when it comes to like success is like not ideal 
it is interesting that people still have so much faith in him. I think that he's just pretty good at PR. and Oh, he's fantastic at PR. Yeah, like this... I mean, we're talking about him, right? And this was a successful launch that happened. So we're not covering every time SpaceX accidentally blows something up because we're like, oh, whatever. But then, you know, he successfully used a rocket into space and there's a car dummy driving around in the asteroid belt. And we're like, cool. Every time I hear someone say Elon Musk, I think of elephants. Why? Elephant, like elephant and then tusk, Elon Musk, the E and the tusk, rhymes with musk. No, just me? Okay. Well, I'm going to think about it now. (laughs) It just baffles me the way that he seems to only focus on these really, um, these incredibly flashy projects, things that are going to make him famous and to get him notoriety and stuff like that. Um, And they're all focused on like huge technological advancements and everything like that. Um, When in actuality, like the things that we're dealing with are primarily like, food and disease and things like that wait so i think we we literally just talked about this but how would you feel about like a billionaire who was more of a humanitarian i feel like i'm not explaining my views on this very well because i think that they're still forming um in terms of what i think about this like i think bill gates is a good person like i just want to start there like i think you said no billionaire is moral (laughs) I think that being a billionaire is immoral, but I think that it's not immoral because of, like, who Bill Gates is as a person. I think that it is a, it is an immoral system. I think this is, like, a systematic issue. Um, and so, yes, like, the world is more complicated than blanket statements, like, being a billionaire is immoral would suggest. But I think that, like, Bill Gates is probably also the exception in that someone who like is so fundamentally committed to philanthropy um and is devoting this much to it and i mean he's gone on record and said stuff like he's not going to leave any money to his kids and well like i doubt he's leaving no money to his kids but i mean that like the the vast majority of his money is going to be donated to various pursuits and stuff like that yeah i think he said he was only donating a percentage but like still like even a small percentage of bill gates estate is like pretty significant it's that, like, yeah, with this much money, like, with, like, billions of dollars, sure, you can, like, have an amazing house and 12 amazing cars and, like, go be on vacation every day for the rest of your life. But, like, no one needs that. Like, why? That's, I don't believe that anyone... Well, maybe there are people out there that that just maximizes their utility and they're just gonna do it anyway. But I don't have to respect that. That's fair. You don't. <laughs> I respect people who use the money that they have proportionally there's also people who like donate millions of dollars but it's still like one percent of their income and i'm like well (laughs) so you think we should just like just give everything away i think that if you have billions of dollars and you're doing like a big stunt of like donating five million to something when it's actually such a negligible amount of the money that you have then that's more of a signal that you're a good person than like contributing a significant amount. But I guess, yeah, I I can see that. But like, what if the person who has like billions of dollars and then donates like the millions of dollars, yes, it's negligible technically compared to the rest of his estate. But like he's, if he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart versus someone who is a billionaire and donates much more of it, but like, does it not for the right reasons? You know, like it's, 
Oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just realistically, like, based on human nature, like, people aren't going to do that, right? Which is like, okay, fine. But like, I just don't, I just, the idea of like one entity being like, nope, you have to donate all your money just really bothers me. Which is, I know is not what you're saying, but that's what I'm just like thinking about. I know. And that's also not what I'm saying. Like, I don't have any power to compel these people to donate all of their money. And I'm also not, like, I'm not even saying donate all of your money. If every billionaire in the world did that, then like, oh my God, we'd be in a good place. Or maybe if taxes were used more efficiently. Also that. But that's just like, in general. So much more could get done if we just use tax dollars efficiently. That's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, there's also the whole question of like taxes versus charitable donations and all the stuff. But my fundamental point is that like one, this is coming off kind of half formed, which it is um, because I'm still am working on this. This is something I've been thinking about pretty recently. But two, I just like I in terms of the people I'm going to be harsh on in the world, I don't feel bad about being harsh on billionaires basically is it and that like even if I am coming off too harsh like I don't feel bad about that because they're fine like they're gonna be fine it's okay they can't hear me I'm not affecting them um and that like even if they could they have enough money to cry on it'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine like Bill Gates just like sitting in his house like imagine he was listening to this and just like wiping his tears with like a thousand dollar (laughs) bill Like, that's the only image in my head right now. I'm picturing, like, Scrooge McDuck, like, like in a pile, like, jumping into a pile of money and, like, crying as it surrounds you in this money bath. I still don't understand, like, the physics behind that. It's not okay. It's a cartoon <laughs> physics situation. It's not going to work. This got pretty vastly derailed from what we were originally planning on talking about. Um, but yeah, Elon Musk is ridiculous. He does some good things but also he's just ridiculous and he's just a weird not great person like just morally (laughs) yeah i'm also just concerned in general with this idea of um he is a private person clearly has no faith in public infrastructure that's already been created or that could be created and that he wants to create like this private hyperloop system and like privatizing space travel and all this stuff and it's not that there's no benefit to privatization or that no industry would benefit from it but i think that especially in terms of like public transportation like there's a reason we have public transportation and there's a reason that these things got left into the hands of the government and taken away from private companies and it doesn't always work out like the mta sucks right now it's (laughs) i have a lot of problems with the mta um but i don't really like the idea of that power being placed into the hands of say elon musk either Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I think just, like, just from, like, an intrinsic, just coming, intrinsically, like, do a lot, do that many people really want to go into space that this would be profitable? I can understand, like, maybe the elite, like, 0.0001%, but, like... Well, if you take the 0.0001% and charge them, like, several million dollars each, then maybe it's profitable? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I guess, like, at the end of the day, you still want some sort of volume. But, like, I'm just trying to think, like, how many people... Act- do, do you want to go into space? No. Okay, yeah, me neither. Um, I never had the urge to go into space. Space food looks gross. I, I have no desire to go somewhere where it is so easy to die. 
Like, and I, by the time I would even be going into space, it'd be by the time that space tourism is so reliable and affordable that like thousands, maybe even millions of people have gone into space before I have. I just don't want to go into space. I don't even want to go onto like mountains. Like, I'm not about it. Yeah, agreed. But there are a lot of people who do. There are a lot of people who grew up like loving space, absolutely would totally want to go or just think it's really cool or by the time it became proven to be safe that everyone would get on board and it would eventually be a thing, but it, that I think that's many years from now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And space travel is cool. Like I just want to, space travel is so cool and that our world is so small compared to the vast universe and while on a practical level, I don't think that space funding should happen before things like food <laughs> um, for people who can't afford it and stuff like that. So on one hand, like I, I'm kind of grateful that Elon Musk is taking up this mantle of space exploration when NASA is no longer doing it on the same level and really pushing those boundaries. I don't know. I guess I would feel better if it was Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, fair. So continuing on what is apparently our money episode, the CDC is apparently about to run out of funding, and it's not good. It's real bad. Um, the CDC is the Center for Disease Control. It is one of my favorite government organizations because I check their website all the time because I'm sick all the time. So in late 2014, Congress um, appointed about $5.4 billion to fight Ebola in West Africa, and... A lot of that money went towards Ebola, but then um, a billion of it was just left to um, help developing countries improve in detecting and treating diseases, which obviously is a good idea for everyone. Um, but that money is going to run out pretty soon. Um, it's running out in 2019, which just in general is going to be bad um, because if this money is not replenished, then like we have so much less funding and resources going towards uh preventing and stopping infectious diseases in the developing world which not only is really bad for the people who live there but it's also just really bad for the whole world because diseases do not respect borders yes this is true and also fun fact um the cdc is actually one of the few government organizations that libertarians don't hate with a burning passion. I think there was one interview where a libertarian was like, I mean, yeah, like, I don't like the CDC, but they're bigger fish, fish to fry. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, iconic. No, I just checked the, so the CDC has travel recommendations for every country. It's very useful. I recommend checking it out before you go anywhere. And so I always check like, oh, I'm going here. Like, what should I do? to be safe and <laughs> brief anecdote so um me and some of my roommates not jillian she left us um are going to costa rica for spring break which is very exciting very excited for my last trip with my roommates and all that um but i checked the cdc website and there's a warning for malaria and it's it's not a very serious warning but it is like hey they, the recommendation was to avoid mosquitoes and i was like that's not a realistic proposition for me and so i asked my roommates like hey do you think that we should go get travel vaccines or talk to someone about this and they're like no i think we'll be fine actually maybe you should get vaccinated okay to be fair though you were so sick when we went to iceland i know i've had two horrifically ill spring breaks in a row um and i think it's now is one of my defining personality traits is how often i am ill yes um it's just funny because uh i was like i knew from the beginning that i wasn't gonna go because mosquitoes and i would come back 
like as a mosquito bite. Like there would just be so many bites that like I would just be one. And so you may be thinking this funding doesn't run out until next year. We have time. But first of all, have you seen this administration? Uh, we have no time for anything. But second of all, um, the CDC is already downsizing its work. Um, it, I think in 39 different countries, it's looking to reduce staff, reduce funding uh, in preparation for this so-called funding cliff, which is not good. So unless there's some an intervention that happens very soon on the CDC funding, then um, we'll start seeing consequences not too far away, unless no diseases ever happen again, which is... <laughs> yeah, very unlikely. In case you were wondering. Don't get sick is not a viable healthcare plan. Another big problem with this is because of the way disease works, is that setting up these treatments and research and infrastructure is all great, but like a lot of this is non-permanent. And if CDC funding and people have to pull out of the country, then it not only... like is harmful from that point forward it can actually undo a lot of what's already been done disease like does not respect borders like i said before and it does not respect like anything that you've done in the past it is and so like there will be some protection and some help from the work that's already been done but if there's not permanent infrastructure put in place then like as soon as a new disease develops if there's not people there to treat it then that's it it doesn't matter what's been done in the past mm-hmm. and of course there's also like political um political ramifications of this. I mean, the $1 billion of Ebola money was actually under the global health security agenda, which is basically international partnership. So if like the government doesn't put more money into, you know, CDC and like trying to prevent um, epidemics, like it's just like one of those things like where a country, a well-developed country wouldn't sign like a (laughs) climate change treaty agreement when everyone else did, you know? So, not like anyone we know <laughs> at us. We don't really have a solution for this, except for, I mean, fund the CDC. And obviously, like, it's so complicated because money has to come from somewhere. And really, like, Congress is really invested right now into cutting taxes and to uh, that kind of stuff, um, which is not really looking good for the prospect of this getting more funding anytime soon. And so that seems all fine and dandy now until uh, Ebola Part 2 breaks out and people die. Yeah, so there's a lot of public support for the NEH, which is the National Endowment for Humanities, and NEA, which is the National Endowment for the Arts. Um, And again, you know, like cutting funding for that is just a small drop in the bucket of all the money that the United States uses to function. Um, But I do think that it should just be kept in mind that like if we do have to make cuts we might have to pull from other things and it's just a matter of rearranging priorities because, you know, which is like, again, bad because you don't want to take money away from arts, but like still, um, we just have to, unfortunately there are always bigger fish to fry than crayons and stuff, which I know is just a complete blanket. You know, I was trying to be sassy, Um, whatever. It's fine. I've already in this episode been like, like an Uber Democrat, like progressive shill and whatever so like may i humbly suggest building a couple less tanks and funding the arts and the cdc perhaps so this weekend there was the super bowl but there was also the announcement of the birth of kylie jenner's baby stormy webster i didn't realize her last name was webster yeah that's jenner is a better last name yes agreed um but 
oh my god it's just like so i was like very invested in this quinn was not but i was invested in this because i am trash and i <laughs> follow the kardashians every move but um basically it was like this huge secret and, and she like totally went you know under the radar she used to post all the time on instagram and then she just like didn't for months and people were like oh my god like she's definitely pregnant because there were a few rumors going around that she was pregnant um and then she like didn't say anything and people were like oh my god she's definitely pregnant and then finally you know like a few days after the baby was born on february 1st she was like hey guys like i was pregnant and everyone was like what <laughs> It was really funny the way people reacted because it was sort of one of the things like, oh, everyone knows that she's pregnant. But then when it was revealed that she actually had a baby, people were like, oh, my God, <laughs> I know, because it was kind of it was almost ridiculous how well kept secret this was because I mean, there were rumors. But I mean, there are rumors people are pregnant all the time and it's not true, you know. And so I think that a lot of people expected there to be some kind of hint beforehand um, or some kind of reveal when she was still pregnant. And so the fact she was literally secretly pregnant for nine months or eight months or however long she knew that she was pregnant um, and managed to keep herself entirely out of the public eye um, is incredible considering she is a Jenner and a Kardashian. Yeah, they literally went through the most extreme measures to make sure that her privacy was protected. Like they had decoy cars whenever she went out to like get in and out burger and they like swore every employee in and out burger's secrecy. Like it was a lot. Oh, I am 100% sure everyone she came in contact with signed an NDA. Oh, definitely. Like definitely. this was like every like people were getting threatened with lawsuits. I mean, and either she has the most amazing friends in the entire world, or all of them had to sign NDAs, too. Oh, they definitely had to sign NDAs. I also saw some reference to, like, Malia Obama, who is a freshman at Harvard this year, and um, because, like, people, like, there keep being, like, images of her, like, at school or at music festivals or whatever, and just, like, being a normal young person, but, um... And then it, of course, makes the news because it's Malia Obama. And someone was like, wow, Malia needs Kylie's friends. <laughs> like, she needs to have people that are that tight. This issue of privacy. And there's arguments, though, that when people are like, oh, well, when people become celebrities, you know, they automatically, like, give up their right to privacy or whatever. And I'm just like, can you please relax? Like, people are still human beings, except Elon Musk. But people <laughs> in general are still human beings. Also, privacy is one of the fundamental rights of humanity. Like, like research and, like, the Geneva Convention and all of this stuff recognizes fundamental privacy as something that all human beings deserve. Yeah. So, this was, like, the best... Well, not... Would you say it was the best well-kept secret of all time? Okay. There have been, like, actual conspiracies, Jillian. <laughs> but I think it was a very well-kept celebrity secret. In celebrity land, Yes. Kylie basically Beyonce'd a baby. You know what? She did. And by that, I am clearly referencing the time that Beyonce dropped an album with no warning and no fanfare, and it was a mind-numbing event. Yes, with, like, music videos and everything. Speaking of videos, Kylie issued um, a video, and it's, yep. like, 11 minutes, and I watched it in Starbucks, and everyone was definitely judging me, but you know what? I, it was fine. I still watched it. Um... And it's just crazy, like, I still, I mean, of course, like, it's not up to me to decide whether or not someone's too young to have a child, but, like, 
she found out she was pregnant when she was 19 but it was never an issue of like oh my god like this baby isn't gonna be taken care of because like already her baby has more clothes than i ever will in my entire life and also like her baby like rattle is probably more than my my net worth and quinn's net worth combined (laughs) so you know what it's fine um and so just as someone i guess who has spent her entire life in the public eye. Kylie Jenner really, you know, committed to keeping the secret. And I think it was for not only the health of her and her baby physically, but also like a mental, mental health rest. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it must have been really nice for her to just have this time like with her partner and with her pregnancy and being able to have the privacy that is afforded to most people and because I mean I'm sure that like she still got a lot of attention from like friends and family and the same kind of thing that any pregnant person is going to have but like without having to deal with paparazzi and being physically and emotionally accosted every day Mm -hmm. yeah especially since she had to watch Kim Kardashian go through her pregnancy in the public eye and it was brutal Mm mm-hmm Regardless of your general opinion on Kardashians, which I'm like, whatever, um, I do think that, like, they are fascinating case studies in almost every aspect of celebrity culture, and this is just a new thing, like, articles are being written as we speak. Oh, I'm sure there's already been, like, hundreds of random articles, but I mean, like, journal articles in actual publications, um, because the Kardashians are so much... But yeah, I think it's, I think, good for her for, like, putting this amount of respect on her child and on her family and i mean and of course she released an 11 minute mini documentary as like about it because she is still a kardashian like we can't have nothing yeah and also i love how she did this like right before the super bowl or like in the same you know time window as the super bowl just because you know she can she can oh also brief note about the super bowl though i didn't watch it because I don't care, but um, I did think it was interesting because it was the Patriots and the Eagles, and the Eagles is my dad's team. He's from the Philadelphia area. He's loved the Eagles his whole life. It's like the only sports team that I even marginally care about because he cares about them so much, and then um, my boyfriend loves the Patriots. Like He's from Boston, loves, loves, loves the Patriots, is a huge fan, and so then they ended up being in the Super Bowl put together, and I was like, hmm interesting it's like the two men that i care about most in the world (laughs) cheering for different teams and so i was just like observing uh with interest and then when the eagles won which was a big surprise by the way and was pretty Mm -hmm. cool i'm gonna admit um i texted both of them like in the same minute like congratulations and condolences and oh i thought you meant like in a group chat and i was like whoa that's so aggro (laughs) no that'd be so mean um no i texted both of them separately but at the same time basically um and they both took a little while to respond and i was like they're both just busy screaming <laughs> for their own reasons yeah. for their own reasons yeah i did not watch the super bowl because i don't watch football but um my friend texted me and she's a huge patriots fan and she was like legitimately upset and she was so upset that like um her dorm RA like emailed her and was like I know the Patriots lost so like if you ever want to talk about it like here's some mental health resources are you serious I mean I don't want to I don't want to dunk on anyone who likes football because like obviously people I care about a lot like football it's fine um I just like like even when my favorite musical loses best musical no one tells me to reach out to mental health resources I can't imagine being that invested in something like that oh she is invested is not even the word to describe it 
Oh no. I hope she's okay. Yeah. We were a little worried for a few seconds. And with that, that's going to be all from us today. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can follow us at MixedFeelingsFM. You can also find us online at Relay.FM slash MixedFeelings, where you can see the show notes or send us an email if you'd like to. You can also find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. Always a pleasure. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our Mixed Feelings.